Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. Out here in the American desert. In the American night. Where we are under quarantine. Voluntary, of course. Just for these past couple of decades now, all a volunteer effort. It does seem like a good time to hunker down. The problem, oftentimes, is that you generally don't get to choose where you're going to hunker down. You might be looking at those property listings on the internet again. You know the ones. The ones with the cabins and the acreage with cactus. Expansive mountain views. Also a pretty good view of that neighbor a couple of parcels over. What a strange place to put an auto dump. Guess if you ever need a muffler or something. If you get to him before his 300 pound pit bulls get to you. Boy, what's he got? Seven of those things? Yeah, I expect to see him at night pulling some chariot with the devil in it. Very large dogs. Besides, the guy's only got about three kinds of vehicles from the looks of it. A lot of wrecked and abandoned Baja bugs. Way too many of those creepy white vans in various stages of decay and disrepair. And a lot of smashed up Honda Accords. But if you look the other way, If you look the other way, and if you put in some strategic desert fencing, like they do at a lot of these Airbnbs everywhere, what they do is they tack up a bunch of that wavy sheet metal, and then they've got a nice fence, like people used to do up here a lot in about 2005. That's not modern anymore. It wasn't really modern to start with. Anyway, there you are in your apartment complex in the big city somewhere, just having some herbal tea or whatever. And looking at these property listings out in the desert. And all of a sudden, the police vans and the ambulances roll in, the sirens wailing. 
enormous blinding LED lights flashing everywhere. And they're talking through loudspeakers, but of course it's just echoing around all the buildings and the overpass and the cars parked everywhere, so it's just ringing and ricocheting all around, around in your head. Due to the pandemic and resulting social unrest, all individuals must shelter in place until further notice. Violators will be tackled by these death robots that our department acquired with a recent military weapons grant from the Pentagon. No walking up dogs. All dogs must be loaded into your building's elevators at 5.14 a.m. and again at 11.42 p.m. for mass dog walking by CBP officers. And then what do you do? Well, you do what everybody does on all those cruise ships under quarantine. Nothing. Nobody's going to do anything heroic. Like lower a lifeboat in the night and try to escape. They just watch movies on demand and they hope that they don't get sick. This is why I don't want to go to the Mars colonies. I don't want to ride those big dumb spaceships to the colonies with all those people packed in. A couple of months up there in that tube. Just zooming through space. And somebody gets sick, somebody gets the croup, you know, then what? All it takes is hearing somebody clear their throat and your skin crawls. There's been somebody clearing their throat a bit too much. Three bunks over. Not far enough away for comfort. At first, maybe you can change your sleep patterns. Go see the nurse console and tell it you've got this sleep issue, a medical condition, really, because you're on a different clock. You used to be a night watchman down at the subsurface Walmart. Years of that just ruins a person's natural sleep rhythms. So fine, they buy it. And for a week or so, you have this line of bunks to yourself... And then when most of them are asleep, you've got the multi-purpose module mostly to yourself. Watch what you want on the big screen. Look out the three-inch round windows. Boy, the windows seemed a lot bigger in the brochure. Maybe uh, read a Stephen King paperback. Or read the Bible. No line at the bar. And they've got that Whoopi Goldberg hologram there. It'll tell you some jokes if you want, if you're in the mood. Plus, you never get a hangover with synthanol. You don't even get drunk, really. You just get that perfect two-drink high that Martha Gellhorn wrote about so eloquently. 
in a letter from Spain. I am quite drunk on two beers with dinner. Can you beat it? So it's not that bad. It's not all that bad on the spaceship. Not all that different from your old life in the apartment complex. It's just as somebody finally started coughing. And you could not help but notice it was exactly day 27 of the flight. And last you heard, that's how long the infected could be carrying it without knowing, without symptoms. They could have had a blood test on liftoff morning and still could have picked it up before they went in the clean room before you suited up. And that's really one of the uneasy things to think about on this long flight on this 27th day. You get tested before you get on the rocket and you get tested before you get off the rocket. Because one thing they're sure about is it can't hide for three months. 27 days is the known maximum, although of course it was 14 days before that. If anybody has it, anybody on the whole ship, well that's one of those things you knew when you got on. Nobody gets off. To prevent any possible infection of the colonies of the planetary surface, the ship will burn itself up in the atmosphere. There aren't any pilots. It's a program. It's a one-way trip either way. It's just that in one version, it tries to land. A dry, sun-baked plain lying at the foot of towering mountains. Geologists tell us that millions of years ago it was the bottom of an ancient sea. Yet today, it's a waterless wasteland across which a modern highway threads its way from the lush coastal valleys of California to an equally lush oasis in this barrenness. Palm Springs, California, where Blessing and I spent our Christmas holidays. A modern little winter resort city that came to be known as the playground of the stars. Several trailer parks have been built recently. One owned by Bing Crosby and luxurious homes on wheels are a common sight in Palm Springs today. And then as we passed one home, we spotted a familiar face. Hoagie Carmichael, off to the golf course with his son and a neighbor lad. Nearly every denomination and faith has its church, although the permanent population of Palm Springs is only about 10,000. 
and a modern school system serves 2,500 children from kindergarten through high school. And the newly built baseball park is used by a major team for spring training. Far from being stark and forbidding, today the desert offers breathtaking scenery, beauty which every tourist tries to capture in his camera, just as we did, before we turned back to the inn to rest for a famous breakfast ride next morning. Swimming pools are everywhere. Probably one out of every three homes has its own private pool, and the tiled patio beside the pool becomes the family living room. When you look down on the village from the air, the shining blue pools seem to be everywhere, and well, they should. There are almost a thousand of them here, both private and public. More pools for the number of residents than anywhere else in the world. And all of the scenery in Palm Springs is not like Gummel, one of the famous four Marx brothers. Thunderbird was a pleasure, but I was certainly no match for Phil Harris or for Ralph Kiner and his putter. But if I wound up with a poor score, I also wound up looking forward to a charcoal broiled dinner at one of the many top-notch restaurant nightclubs in Palm Springs. It's difficult to choose a place for dinner. They're all so exceptional, and several of them have shows featuring top-ranking stars. But when we spotted Louis Armstrong's name on the Chi-Chi Marquee, that was it. Old Satchmo has become a living legend. A poor lad from the other side of the tracks in New Orleans, Louis Armstrong is the most respected performer in the jazz world today. Every member of his troupe is a top artist, like Thelma Middleton, his song stylist. Yes, Louis Armstrong and his company are star performers. Yet here they were in this tiny desert oasis. Tokwitz Canyon is named for the evil spirit of the Kahuya Indians, the tribe which has lived in this area for centuries. Legend has it that this huge cliff casts a shadow on the desert floor which exactly resembles Tokwitz, the evil spirit. So the canyon got its superstitious name. canyon is wild and rocky and rugged. It is truly beautiful, with a clear mountain stream cascading through the rock. So changing to warmer clothes, we drove up the mountain for an afternoon in a winter fairyland, just a short distance from the desert as the crow flies, and an hour's drive by car. That is, if you've driven to it from the sunny warmth of the desert and can leave it behind when you wish. You're listening to Desert Oracle Radio, and this is the part of the program where every now and then we open up the Desert Oracle mailbag. Let's see, this is a local letter. This is, hi. Hi. Will there be a reprint of the previous issues that are sold out? 
specifically the ones having to do with aliens and UFOs? And if not, can you tell me which of the next four issues, if any, will have alien UFO stories? We have two space-themed vacation rentals, and these would be great coffee table books. Thanks from Christy. Well, hi, Christy. First, I'd like to offer my professional opinion, which is that two space-themed vacation rentals would actually make terrible coffee table books. I would stick to books. As for what's coming in the next four Desert Oracles... Look, this might be Desert Oracle, but we cannot see that far into the future. As for those out-of-print issues, they really are out-of-print and all sold out. It turns out that reprinting these little perfect-bound books costs the same as printing the new ones. As that is expensive, and as we are so very far behind with getting out the new books to our loyal subscribers and less loyal retailers. Circumstances dictate that we can't reprint the back issues and we probably should not do it anyway. So we are doing what so many literary periodicals have done before. We conned a New York publisher into offering us a book deal and this fall, Autumn 2020 is what I mean. There's a fancy hardback cloth-bound book coming out called Desert Oracle Volume 1. And it's got pretty much all the UFO and alien and monster stuff from the first four years of Desert Oracle. Plus a whole lot of nature stuff. A lot of stuff about weird animals, strange plants, odd history, and a lot of brand new stuff which I wrote over these past couple of months apparently because the pages are there. So watch out for that and more news as the world makes it up. P.S. I had to omit the name and location of your vacation rentals, the ones in space. Because otherwise, by FCC tradition, the on-air promotion of a product or service or space-based lodging must be met by remuneration to the 11th power. And that's the kind of financial surprise that can really tangle with a person's fragile standing in this world. Pretty much all the vacation rentals have Desert Oracle waiting for their guests, their clientele, and it makes sense, you know? Spend, what, six or seven dollars for something that just instantly says vacation rental in Joshua Tree? Even bad local paintings cost fifty or sixty or a hundred dollars, and for that you can buy ten or twenty copies of the Oracle. As your guests are mostly a lot of low-level petty thieves, you're gonna need them, cause they steal them. Uh, they'll steal anything that's not bolted down to the slab and covered in centipedes.
So some people will just write the name of their vacation rental all over the covers with a Sharpie until you can't even tell what it is, you know? Property of Texas, Surf Shack, High Desert, Sweet Spot, or whatever, they all have these names. You have to, you have to name your vacation rental. Like a child, you know, you gotta name it. They won't let you take the baby home unless you come up with a name. And it's gotta be a name too. Not a number, turns out. Later, my second cousin takes me aside at a barbecue and says, it can be a number if you spell it out. Now, some people, or at least this one character I know in Morongo, some people will drill out the top left corner of the book through the binding and through the binding glue and both covers and all the pages. And then there's a kind of rivet that you can put in there. It's like Tandy Leathercraft or something, you know? Something like shoe repair tools. There's an awl. You want to have a good enough toolkit to accomplish this kind of work. Now, I keep a number of things around. It doesn't cost much, and it saves you a lot of hassle if you need something, especially if you're under quarantine. Twine, picture hangers, various connectors, leftover hardware from putting together things, a bugzooka. You seen a bugzooka? Apparently, they're not made anymore. So maybe six or seven years ago, when I was ordering some extra parts for the Bugzooka, the website said they were shutting down production. So I found this online retailer in the Midwest that had some in stock, and I bought three entire new Bugzookas plus a lot of spare parts. This was many years ago. People move out to the desert these days and they say, good Lord, what do you do about all these scorpions and other weird things? These godforsaken sun spiders, whatever that is. And I don't know what to tell them now. But the bugzooka is about a yard long, maybe a meter, and it's got a suction thing at one end, like this bellows, and then the telescoping air tubes and those end in this clear plastic receptacle. It's a receptacle for the insects, for the spiders, for all of them. And it's got a one-way trap door that opens with the suction and a screen cap to keep the bug in the receptacle. And then you can take it outside across the street to the neighbor's property and let it out over there bad thing with the centipedes is sometimes half of them gets caught in the trap door and then it's like some transporter accident on Star Trek. And the loose half somehow gets back under the rug. Jesus, now what are you gonna do? Just move out. Make it a vacation rental. 
So once you've made it a vacation rental and you've got your Desert Oracles to give it an inexpensive, authentic touch, authentic yet design savvy, as we like to say at the office, you can put a rivet and a quarter inch plastic sheathed cable through it and then clamp that down once you've closed the loop. And then you can attach that to whatever anchor in the coffee table or on the magazine rack or the bathroom wall. It only takes a couple of hours and then that issue is not going anywhere. New sounds tonight, my red, blue, black, silver. You know, the old desert mystics who just walked away and somehow made their journey from Rome or Alexandria or Antioch to the wild desert waste beyond the Nile. Well, they would carve out a hole in the limestone and that would be home for life. So many people were wrecked by the inane hassle of life in the empire that they just got up and left up and left and moved into these desert holes in the early centuries of the Christian era. So many that the church had to come up with a system, had to figure out how to control these people, keep them from starting their own religions, keep them in line. There will be no direct communication with the gods. And so monasteries came into being so that the frustration and disgust with human society could be organized, monetized, could be turned into a revenue stream. Monasteries were not holes in the limestone dug out by individuals like those miners caves in Shoshone. They were corporations, immense estates producing goods and services, and there's nothing wrong with that. Baking bread for the people like they do up at Green Gulch. Taking in the flotsam of our machine grinder society as monasteries of all approaches have done for so long. That's noble work and it's a noble duty and it's still good for your soul. Our next live event will be at the Ace Hotel in Palm Springs on March 12th, Thursday at 7 p.m. outside around a real campfire, free to attend. And again on Thursday, April 2nd, and then a few more after that through early June, and then we're done because it's too hot in Palm Springs in the summertime to be outside around a campfire. I've tried it. My head nearly melted off like that Nazi trying to operate the radio inside the Ark of the Covenant. We've got an events calendar on our website, desertoracle.com. We've got a Patreon set up as well, and I do appreciate those of you who contribute to the operation out here. Become a patron of Desert Oracle for a couple of bucks a month, and we'll keep broadcasting, narrowcasting, podcasting, godcasting. We do it all. We do it all on the cheap. From Amboy to Zizix and across the great Mojave wilderness, this has been Desert Oracle Radio. Good night from the Voice of the Desert.